You guys want to hear the simultaneously most southern slash white trash I've ever said, thing I've ever said? Do it. (laughs) When I was in my early 20s, my roommate and I were getting high, and there was this... Yes. (laughs) This weed that we were smoking just made, like, it was severe, like, cotton mouth. It was so... Like, it was that point where your mouth is so dry that it's like a drawstring, you know? Like, you can't... Like, your lips are all... So... (laughs) At one point in the night, I said, this stuff's got my mouth drawn up like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Drawed up like an asshole. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. I'm recording this. It's awesome. You know, SMV Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and uh, with you tonight, as per usual, is Suzanne. Greetings. How's it going? It's going. Jamie's here as well. How are you doing, Jamie? I am doing pretty okay. That's good. Adequate's always good for me, you know. <laughs> oh, we have a big show tonight. We have two guests on with us. Uh, Iris is not here because... Uh, She's thinking about her father right now, who's come out of surgery, but he's doing very, very well. He's in good spirits, so, yeah, that's good stuff. But, uh, Brian is here. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing A-OK. Thanks. That's cool. And from the Cinema Psyops, Court's here. How you doing, buddy? I was contemplating the great words of Socrates, who once said, I drank what? <laughs> that's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. <laughs> But uh, we'll start this show the same way we always start this show in Alaska. Well, it'll be about more of the same. Brian and Jamie, do a tag team and tell us what you've been watching. Um, what have we been watching? <laughs> I was hoping you'd go. Uh, um, oh, we watched Mandy. That's right, yes. Uh, the new Nicolas Cage movie, uh, directed by the guy who did Beyond the Black Rainbow. Um... Pretty much it's a revenge flick, but it's been filtered through somebody dropping acid. Um, (laughs) It's fun. It really is. It's a bit heavy-handed with the artistic representation and, you know, really trying to be art house. And the pacing. And the pacing is... It's front-loaded with, with, like, heavily with a lot of just really deliberate pacing and the, the action portion doesn't kick in until they could barely uh, later in the film but when it does it's good fun cage you get some really i mean he's you know it's a very restrained 
performance yes. from Nicolas Cage and very controlled, which I thought was very cool. It's still crazy, but, but it ain't full tilt boogie crazy. Yeah, I mean, but you do get some really nice moments of yes. him just losing his shit, which is very fun. So I, I really liked it. Yeah. If they could have edited somewhat, you know, chop out about 30 minutes, that movie would be on point. It would be. Yeah, I mean, it was, what, two hours? Yeah, a little, a little bit over two, two hours. hours. So it could have used some trim, but that's OK. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, we went to see. What did we just see? Oh, oh the Predator. Predator. And, and that was fun. I've heard some mixed uh, reviews of it, but I don't know. I dug it for what it was. Um, I didn't think it was amazing, but I had a good time with it. I smiled. I laughed. Um, I like Shane Black, and I, I love his dialogue and his characters. So that went a long way for carrying a film for me. Um. Yeah. Gotta say, when you consider all the Aliens movies and all the Predator movies, let's forget about the Aliens versus Predator movies. Um, the Predator series is all solid in my book. While the Aliens movies, with the exception of two, they're a mess. So uh, I'm Team Predator. With the exception of one. <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, I had fun with it. We went to see that on my birthday. That was my birthday present. Or, well, one of my birthday presents, but um, that was what I wanted to do was go see The Predator because I was really excited about it. And I had a good time. I thought it was really fun. I don't think all of the humor landed. To me, some of it just didn't, but and some of it seemed a little forced, but a lot of it really did, and uh, I had, you know, had a great time. It was pretty cool. And there was something. Oh, we finally watched Unfriended Dark Web. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I liked more than he did. Yeah, but that's that's a low bar on my side. <laughs> um, I did not like that movie. Um, I I will say this: I do like the first Unfriended. Um, I love the first one because I can forgive a lot of things when you just go ghost. You know, with the supernatural, you can explain all that. Uh, when you're trying to tell me, oh, no, you see, there's these hackers and they're really this good and they can really do all this. I'm like, no, I, I know a little bit about computers. Not much, but I do know you can't do that bullshit. But uh, whatever. But I will say I actually like the characters in this one um, as far as being likable and not complete, you know, idiots. Whereas in the first movie, I thought they were all kind of reprehensible. So they're teenagers. Yeah. But huh? they're teenagers here, too, or maybe college no, students. They're, yeah, they're they're young adults. OK. Um, Jesus, how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> they're young adults. <laughs> like I could say I just rewatched Hackers, the movie, and I believe they could do anything on a computer because of that movie. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to unleash my cooking monster virus. Um, still love it, though. It's real dumb, but I still love it. Just it, type code, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's a big pile of stupid, but it is enjoyable. Uh, however, Dark Web is not. I really did not like that movie. I did not like my time watching it. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. And there was there at least one of the deaths was a very fun sequence for me. I enjoyed the whole thing, and then I thought it was funny. I, I don't know. I At the end of everything, if you can entertain me, that's most what I care about and I mean I will get I will get cranky about 
details in film if overall I don't enjoy my time watching it because then that's just more to piss me off, you know. But if there are some sticking points, but I even with those sticking points, I can have a good time, then I guess what more can I ask for? So, yes, there were some, you know, get out of here moments <laughs> with that movie, but overall, I didn't hate it. I had a fun time with it, so there you go. So what you're saying is that it's better than Smiley. Well, yeah, but... Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to take the jab. But the, the they old... still did it for the lols. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I had to take the old devour jab right there. I'm sorry. Continue, you know. <laughs> no, that's okay. I love devour callbacks. You know that. Um, okay, uh, was that? I mean, we've watched a bunch of other stuff. That's probably the most notable. Yeah. Uh, like the newer things. I thought we saw something else in the theater recently, but I can't remember what. Yeah, we did. We watched um, the nun. The nun. Did you already talk about that? I don't remember. Possibly. I don't remember if I had seen it when we did our last show. Though I don't, I don't know. But anyway, we did see the nun, and I liked it a, a quite a bit, just for atmosphere, if nothing else. It had a very gothic, cool, um, just dark, creepy atmosphere that I was in love with, and I liked the score quite a bit too. So, I mean, it was a simple story, nothing phenomenal there, but I don't think it was bad. I just think it, you know, just wasn't anything, you know. It'll blow you away, but I didn't care because I was so mesmerized by the setting, which, by the way, I found out was at least partially filmed in an actual working monastery in Romania that has been around since the 1200s. So I thought that was cool. Cool. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, really liked the atmosphere. Uh, again, I liked the characters. I thought they were good. Uh, wasn't very scary at all. No, it wasn't scary. Um, that's about it. <laughs> well, it Blumhouse hmm? oh, Blum has a way of destroying the the good scares in their trailers. Well, yeah, that's true. That uh, sadly, yeah. and that should be about it. Oh, we 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 deep. <laughs> we we watched. Oh, Jesus, try again. We we what? God try damn it. <laughs> We rewatched. You almost had it. I'm a professional. That, that's, the, we, that's the marijuana's talking cord, see? You know. <laughs> we rewatched Hereditary with Brian's mom. Oh, yeah. And that was Funny. amazing. That was so fun <laughs> because she was having a fit. <laughs> Who made this movie? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That was her head. <laughs> oh, look at the head. Oh. <laughs> she's a lot of fun to watch movies with. She, she is. She's fantastic. She gets into it. Yeah. And then it's over and I'm like, okay, well, we'll see you. Have a good night. And she's like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> cool. Suzanne, what's she been watching? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I've been rewatching a lot of old stuff again. Um, I rewatched the Clonus Horror, which is one of my favorite sci-fi-ish movies. And this is the movie that the island completely ripped off and then claimed they didn't, even though there are what it was like 157 similarities between the two. You talking like the island Michael Caine or the island um, the other one? Science the the other one with uh, I can't even remember who was in it. The only person I Ian actually McGregor. remember was it you and McGregor? I, think, I just remember I Michael so. Clark Duncan. Maybe yeah, but, the clone, 
it's where the clone and fake people. Is yeah. that the Michael Bay movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I actually it, got it, sued for that from the people that made Clonus and the people who made Clonus won. They got paid yeah. off to shut up. Yeah, they did. Uh, there, I think there was like over 150 similarities. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they straight up ripped it off. Yeah, and the Clonus Horror is a much better movie. So much better. Um, I just kind of randomly rewatching stuff since I'm back to having the attention span of a gnat's. I'm on probably my fourth watch through of Parks and Rec because they just don't make comedy like that anymore. I'm about there too, about third time probably at least. It's I I it's one of my favorite shows and it never gets old. Um oh my god, what else? I watched my Amicus documentary again and it makes me cry every single time they're interviewing Peter Cushing and he pulls out this necklace with a ring on it and it was the ring that he gave to his wife when they didn't that he couldn't afford to get her a nice ring but he always kept it after he died and i big fat tears always start running down my face when i see that uh uh, what is the name of that because uh i don't know if i've ever seen it um it's just uh hold on i can i can tell you in just a second i'm looking at it yeah i got it on i think Amazon. It's just a Amicus House of Horrors. Nice. Is that still on Prime, or did you? You mean you bought it there, or you watched it there? No, I bought it from Amazon years ago. Oh wow! I never even heard of it. I'm gonna have to look in, into that. Yeah, it's a. It's a lot of it is about Peter Cushing because I think it was made not too long after he died. Mm. And it's just, it's absolutely fascinating to watch. I love Peter Cushing and his wife. Like, it's, the relationship with him and his wife comes up a lot, you know, in like people talking about him in documentaries or even interviews with him. And it, it just always touched me, mm-hmm. you know, and how, how deeply he was affected by her death. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, it's tragic. But in a in a very romantic way. Yes. Always remember when it comes to Peter Cushing, he's gone, but can be brought back by Disney, so there's that, right? <laughs> uh, better than the original. <laughs> and last night I got to watch one of my favorite cheesy movies of all time. Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh my god. <laughs> Star Child. It is just so incredibly horrible, but so much fun to watch. I think it's one of the few VHS tapes that I had that I completely wore out. Can't find anything to watch? Kiss Meets the Phantom. Not in the mood to watch anything? Kiss Meets the Phantom. And, of course, yesterday in, in preparation, we did this at NFW last night. I just listened to Kiss music all day long. Just always. Yay. That was fun. My neighbors all know. Now, now I'm a kiss fan and i think that's kind of about it for right now cool court um binging better call saul the latest season that's been out um i got a subscription to philo specifically for that and the first episode just dropped out because they only keep the stuff you dvr there for like 30 days but basically a new episode comes out and then i rewatch the whole entire season throughout the week when i can't sleep and go back up and catch up to the latest episode. I'm really loving actually seeing Jimmy turn into Saul. Uh, just before we started recording, I just finished uh, 
the second season of Iron Fist, which was better than the first, but that's like saying that Mortal Kombat, the movie, was better than Super Mario Brothers, the movie. They're still bad. <laughs> it's just better. <laughs> I don't know how you can mess that up. Where does Masters of the Universe fall into that? Oh, hush. Masters of, the Universe, <laughs> Masters of the Universe isn't a video game movie, so that scenario doesn't quite work, but it's certainly above, for me anyway, the Super Mario Brothers and the Mortal Kombat film. Uh, I'd put it right in the middle. I do have a soft spot for the uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Get over here! How, how do you feel about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Brian? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dead or Alive. That is the best video game movie ever. No, me. again. I love Silent that movie. Hill. The Silent Hill, the first Silent Hill movie is the best video game adaptation. Yeah, you know what? I actually liked it at the time. Uh, when I saw it in the theater, I thought it was phenomenal because the I thought the atmosphere was just dead on. Um, and then uh, I watched it a few years ago and I didn't really care for it. So, so I don't know. Maybe I should watch it again. Well, that's part of my just recently watched list. Uh, to celebrate my wife's birthday this last weekend on Saturday, we went out to it's known as Camp Fear. It's out here in uh, the Elkhorn area, which is just on the outskirts of Omaha. You go there, you camp, you can do it for a whole weekend, you can do it for one night. But on Saturday nights, I think, and then sometimes during the heyday seasons, it's Friday and Saturday nights, they screen movies in an outdoor theater. You go cool. there, you camp, you can set up a campfire and you can watch movies in an outdoor theater. Sometimes it's a double feature, sometimes it's three movies, but it's basically like lawn chair style, awesome. sit out there, chill with a fire pit. But the best part about it is while the movie's going and if you camp in this zone where they screen the movie, because there's an area where you can camp that's like, quote unquote, haunted. So they have paid haunters come out and fuck with you the whole time you're watching the movie. They sneak <laughs> up behind you and scare the shit out of you. If you're camping there, they'll fuck with your tent and and like shake it up and stuff. They don't damage your property or anything, but like they will purposely scare you. Like some of them will just stand outside your tent and just stand there and make weird noises if they know you're in there <laughs> and stuff like that. They stop at a certain time, but, like, I mean, they throw, like, they have, like, M80s that they'll light off in the middle of the movie or something like that to scare the living shit out of you. And then they have, like, two haunted houses as well. But uh, I that, want to go. Oh, it's amazing. It's, like, the second best thing. No, no. It's one of the two only good things about living in Omaha. The other one is the fact that we have not one but two Alamo draft houses opening up, and one's actually just a few blocks from my house where it's opening. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to be able to just kind of stroll over there drunk when I feel like it. <laughs> uh, but the two movies I watched there were House of the Devil and then Silent Hill was the second one. And that was a great double feature. Wow. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much all my what I've been watching. And also, I wanted to brag about Camp here because it's awesome. Cool. I watched I watched Predator and now I, I liked it. OK, I'll get into it when I do my beef that but why I, I have a problem with the film, you know, but I, it was fun. The Predator stuff was fun. A lot, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Olivia Munn still can't act to save her life. Couldn't find a workable pair of tits for that movie, could you? No, couldn't do that, but it, I, I liked it okay. It was, it was a good time. I watched Predator because I got it in 4K, and that I heard stories about it. I've seen it, though. The, the, the crappy HD copy of the movie, they, they botched it, and this one... Sound, it's the sound's amazing. Part of the film is good, but there's some really bad grainy spots for a 4K restoration. I don't appreciate that, but here we are. Uh, 
I've been binging, I haven't finished yet, uh, the last season of Ash vs. Evil Dead, and, uh, if they made the whole series like that, as, as fast-paced as that, I think it would have lasted a little longer, me, me personally, but yeah, I realized they're ramping up to the end of it, so they had to go big or go home, because eventually they're gonna have to go home, but, um, yeah, there's that. Um, anything else? Not, not terribly that I remember. I meant to get a whole lot more stuff in. Uh, I did not do that. But, um, I'll kick it to our next segment. And that being the beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. The beef? Mine's the Jeep Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Ask one of our guests first, Brian. Uh, you got any beef, sir? Uh, actually, no. I've been having a pretty good time lately, so knock on wood. I hope it keeps going. Okay, I'll ask our other guest, Court. Mental illness is my major beef this week. It's been fucking with my life in multiple directions, including my own. <laughs> I, 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 we find ways of treating and or dealing with diseases that everybody else suffers from. But for some reason, depression and other forms of mental illness are just kind of looked upon as like, oh, get over it, slugger. You'll you'll get up. You'll be OK. And it's a uh, it's a terminal illness, just like cancer. I don't care what anybody says. It's just that how long can you fight it before it beats you? Yeah. Yeah. There's that. You know, that, that this is why I podcast people. This is the best therapy available for me right now. <laughs> well, for me, it used to be beating the shit out of corpses, but I got busted doing that and lost my job in the mortuary, so now I got a podcast. Oh. Eh, six of one. <laughs> Half dozen of the other, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, one of my coworkers, um, she's having a problem with her five-year-old son. Oh, yeah, God. Who um, just got kicked out of school. Oh, was five. Nice. Five years old. Listen to this. Uh, three weeks into school. Not even three weeks. He hasn't even been there a full three weeks. And he's already gotten kicked out. They sent him to like, he had to go to like an alternative school for five-year-olds. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he like hit his teacher. He told the little girl to shut the fuck up. He pulled the fire alarm. Um, I mean, just every single day it was something. And so yeah, this poor woman every single day was getting called by the school. Every day the school was calling her like two times a day and, um, and finally, they said, you know what? We have an idea <laughs> that maybe we should, you know, put him somewhere else. And and she's all like distraught. And I said, have you ever had him Meet tested? Your child? You know, well, right. Well, yeah. Um, but I'm like, have you ever had him tested? Because the, the thing is, he is crazy hyper and like just wild. Like he and he can't control himself. Like he just has so much energy. He can't. Uh, he just, he can't, you know, it's, it's like, it's out of his control. I mean, and like, she, she showed me videos of like where he's, you can tell that he's trying to be good, but he just has no control over it. And so I said, well, maybe you should talk to his doctor and, you know, maybe he has some ideas or and maybe even medication. And she's like, I don't want to put my five-year-old on medication. And like, look, I understand that. Like, I get it that you don't want to medicate your child. But the thing is, if there is something that could be helped, like if you can help him 
you know, settle down and maybe be more successful, you know, then I would consider at least whatever avenue the doctor recommends. I'm like, but you'll never know unless you go. And so I guess she called the doctor and this is, uh, this is tying into your mental illness thing. Court. Sorry. Um, (laughs) um, she called the doctor today and they said, Oh, well, we don't really do that here. Um, it's actually considered, uh, like a neurological disorder. So he would have to see a specialist. So I guess like ADHD, are now category it's now categorized as a neurological disorder and this freaked her out like she was flipping out oh my god it's a neurological disorder blah you know and i said well you know it makes sense and she's like he's not fucking crazy and i'm like no i'm like no that's not what that means and i'm like and then it just i'm like this is one of the biggest problems and i honestly thought we were kind of past this now where people were equating uh, chemical imbalances and neurological disorders of any kind <laughs> as just automatically crazy, you know? And I really thought we were past that or, you know, for the most part past that. Because I remember when I was a kid or younger, not necessarily a kid, but when I was younger, you would never, ever, ever, ever put on a job application or mention to anyone or anything like that 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 you had a history of depression that was a guarantee that you would not get that job or that you would whatever you were talking about you would never mention it because it was there was it was stigmatized like there was just you're crazy it was just you know that's all there is to it well then we finally got to the point where we can accept that it doesn't mean that you're that there's something i mean you're not a nut you know (laughs) it is you know it's treatable and you can stabilize it if you you know for most people if you do it the way you're supposed to and you know it's not it's not something to be treated like a I don't I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say but anyway the fact that she got so freaked out because the word neurological was tied to this and like possibly your son I mean and honestly to me that makes me feel better, mm. you know, that it's something, uh, yes, that it's, that it's something more tangible. When I was first diagnosed with depression, um, years and years ago, and the doctor, the doctor explained it to me, they're like, you know, th- this is, it's, it's a chemical, they're like, it's a chemical imbalance, we fix it. Or like, you know, the, we find a medication and I actually had to go through several medications before I found one that worked for me. And fortunately, I don't even take medication anymore. But it <laughs> it took a while, and, but you know, we finally found one that worked. But when, like I remember when I was first diagnosed with it, I was still pretty young and I was like, oh, yikes, like that's scary times, you know? And then she was like, no, 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 it's not that bad. Like, and then she explained it to me in that sense and ha- knowing that it was something more tangible made me feel better. Like, it, you're okay. And so when I saw her reaction today to like what could be going on with her son, I was like, wow, like how, how backwards are you? <laughs> like that you don't, I mean, you would rather not treat your son because you think it looks bad. I mean, this is basically what throughout the day, throughout the conversation, because of the way it would look to people mm. or like 
so the way people would perceive him or her for that matter for medicating her son she didn't she just didn't even want to do it i'm like so you're gonna sacrifice his well-being and his happiness and she's like i don't want it to change who he is and i'm like well it doesn't have to i mean if you do it yes there are people who medicate their children just because they want a docile child. I'm like, but you're trying to do something for the betterment of him. You're not lobotomizing him. You know, it's you are, you know, if he doesn't get to the point where he can calm down, then he's not going to be successful. He's not going to, they're going to end up shoving like they did when I was a kid and they took kids that were hyperactive they stuck him in the bad behavior classroom because they didn't know what else to do with him. And this is pre-ADHD. I mean, they didn't have a diagnosis for it. You were just you just were a behavioral problem. And they would stick them all in one classroom and ignore them. And so not only did they not get any help, but they didn't get to learn anything either. They were just shoved into a corner and forgotten about. And I'm like, you know, you don't want that. Ah, uh, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah when they would room. beat you, when they beat you, and if that didn't work, then they shoved you in a closet. That was <laughs> all I wanted was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi, <laughs> and she wouldn't give it to me. Just one Pepsi. <laughs> no, I got an issue with my family right now because a lot of it uh, predicates on people who just don't get it. I mean, my mom, mother. I, full disclosure here: she, she suffers from bipolar and depression and PTSD from some stuff that happened when she was much, much younger that I'm not even going to get into right here because it's, it's, it hurts to talk about. It's one of those things where, you know, your, your older family members were good to the grandkids but really bad to their children. And it's and she, she suffers even today from this for, to the point where she would, like, lash out at people. And, you know, I know why. They know why. They just don't want to deal with it. You know, I, I, it, it's real hard to hurt my feelings, but she her feelings are hurt very easily. Like, they got together this weekend in Michigan, and my, my aunt, two of my aunts and my uncle and their family got together and didn't even tell her about it, and I, I instead of, you know, calling her and saying, hey, can you get this time off of work, because it's obviously, obviously planned, they, they said, just fuck it, we don't want to deal with her, that, that, that kind of deal, and, you know, instead of <laughs> the really easy way, 22-year-old Gary would have been furious, but, you know, the, 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 where I'm at now... I, I just I, I chose to ignore the people that chose choose to ignore us and it's still shitty to her though. And that this is what bothers me about, about family members and people who, who live out there that don't know how to deal with it so they just don't and they just assholes about it. And I think that goes hand in hand with your, your friend and her kid. I'm sure there's a lot of people in her community that would, would judge her terribly that she's giving her kids these drugs and yeah, that's what she's worried about, probably. I mean, yeah, it's a great deal of it. And and I understand, to an extent, like I said, like I get you don't want to zombify your five-year-old. I understand that. But I would at least have to talk to someone about it, Definitely. you know, because uh, he needs something. He needs some kind of help. He's out of control. He's already antisocial. And, he's five, so there's a problem there. Right. I mean, there is there is a serious issue, and if you don't address it now, then it's only going to get worse you know and your kid will turn out to be like me and you don't want that man absolutely not terribly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when my um part of the reason i thought it was so scary when i was originally diagnosed with with depression was because of my mother and she has some severe issues 
And it scared the shit out of me that I was going to end up like that. And um, uh, uh, long story short, I didn't. Um, (laughs) But there was a time when I removed her from my life because she was incredibly just toxic. And it's so I can I do think it's sad when people turn their back on people with mental illness at the same time. I I do understand it because there is only so much that you can take before it starts destroying you and you eventually have to remove yourself from the situation just in order to keep from uh, just to keep it from killing you. And it's like a painful thing, but sometimes a necessary thing, but yeah, it's hardcore. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. (laughs) Katie, what's your beef, girl? Oh, you know, this morning on the radio, I heard that that some high school chick had tweeted that she wants them to stop forcing kids to make um, to make presentations in school. That they should allow them to have the choice as to whether or not they want to make presentations in school. And so then this this start right. So this started this whole firestorm uh, on Twitter, and like everyone's like. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you got it. Like, 500,000 kids retweeted this and all this stuff. And now they're having, because of this, they're having a serious conversation about how some experts think that, ha- that making kids do presentations could be detrimental to their mental health. So, God, you've got to be fucking kidding. It helps. No. So they're actually discussing whether or not they're going to stop this. And, and I'm like, okay, first of all, um, yes, please give us one more way in which our children will not be prepared for the workplace or their future, because that's exactly what they need. Um, secondly, if you give them the choice, how long do you think it'll be before the kids who actually do want to do presentations won't do presentations because no one else is and it's not the cool thing to do? So, um, that is you know, and it just I'm like, seriously detrimental to their mental health. Now, look, we've all had to do some sort of presentation at some point in our lives. Some of us thrived on it. I always loved it. You know, I had props and everything. But some, (laughs) some people, yes, do, you know, get like, get really messed up over it, you know. But the thing is, is that it's a learning process. It is a learning thing. It's something that you really need to be exposed to, especially if you have an issue with it, because at some point in your life, it's going to come up. It's going to be necessary. And, you know, I would rather be freaked out in school over being unable to perform at work and then, I don't know, losing your job or, you know, to the extreme. But it's it's just... I don't think anyone's ever died from it, you know, uh, from like giving a book report or <laughs> I, I no, it, may, they have, but I, I'm not aware of anyone ever dying from that. Even if you work a retail job, you have to be able to speak to the public. Yeah. I mean, that's an excellent point. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. So I don't know. I've, I give a lot, of, I, I give a lot of hard stares at my job. Fuck those people. Okay. You know, <laughs> A lot of scoffing and hard stares, you know? Just to let them know that I'm good and annoyed. Well, I also, because of that, I learned a new term today, and that is lawnmower parent, where 
which is a term for the <laughs> parents of today who don't allow their children to suffer any obstacles because they mow everything down that's in their child's <laughs> path. So I can't wait for real life to beat the shit out of those people. <laughs> anyway, so that was mine. I'm just, it's just another on the pile of give me a fucking break. You know, I mean, I, I hate it, but are in a generation of fucking morons. I'm going to go find me some law, lawnmower parents and make fun of them just because, you know. <laughs> Pair I mean, them up with the helicopter literally parents. surrounded by people that really cannot get out of their own way. I mean, like, look up from their phone crossing a street. We should let them. I'm, I'm, I'm talking. we got to go back to survival of the fittest. I've always been a proponent of that. I have, too. I mean, if you get hit by a car because you're too stupid to look, thank you for not reproducing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have always, I mean, hey, we didn't wear helmets when we were kids. Yeah, you didn't make it. All all little turtles were not meant to make it to the sea. And if (laughs) if you didn't make it out of childhood because you didn't wear a bike helmet, then there's probably a reason for it. You know, I just it. I don't know. Give me a pit. I'll start throwing people in. Because <laughs> I mean, I've gotten older. I've gotten. I'm moving more. to Sparta. I was going to say, <laughs> this is Sparta. Uh, yeah. It's like the Tide Pod Challenge. Oh. Let me introduce <laughs> you to the, what the. Oh my God, was that stuff? God, the stuff you throw down the drain. Oh my God. Drain- the Drano, oh. the Drano straw challenge. Yeah, you thought Tide Pods were good? Snort this. <laughs> like a snort comic ones would be hilarious. Like it, like it up in smoke. You know. I was uh, just about to say, like, oh, it's turning blue. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's working. Suzanne, what's your beef, girl? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just kind of going through this phase right now where I really just dislike pretty much everyone. But, you know, but I, I like you, Suzanne. Oh, well, you know what I mean? You are part of the percentage of the population that I like. I know this. The bulk of the population, I really don't. You know, I was, Pat was working this big trade show in downtown Chicago this week. So I'm like, oh, I'll go to the bar for an hour while I wait for him. Actually, no, it's closer to 45 minutes. So I'm, a Coors Light was eight bucks. Hmm. A premium beer was nine. So I actually spent the extra buck Why wouldn't you? on a premium beer. And I, the collection of douchebaggery was fucking epic. There was this chick that looked older than me. I still look pretty damn good for my age, though, so we're just going to set that one to the side. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't card me. And I'm, like, looking at her. And she, she just looked at me like, he didn't card me. Really? Are you just trying to scream for attention anymore? Yeah. Then I got to run into the guy that tried to get me fired over his fuck up. And yeah, that just kind of pissed me off all over again, even though it happened several years ago. I don't forget things. And I was, you know, Pat was pretty much trying to muscle me away from him because I was like, I had a golden opportunity to trip him and watch him fall on his beer. Mm. But, you know, I'm sure karma would bite me in the ass for that. You know, my former neighbor who now decided, you know, she, you know, she used to text me every once in a while. But now the only time she wants, she texts me. is like, oh, can you run over to the house and let the dogs out? No. 
don't live next door to you anymore. No. And then she blows my phone up 10 minutes later. Are you sure you can't get over there? I'm like, yes, I'm positive. And she texted me even later. It's like, are you there now? I'm like, no. <laughs> N-O, no. That's the best one. I know you said you weren't going to go, but are you there? I was. <laughs> How about I, now? Yeah, I know. I'm How like, about now? Absolutely now. Even if I, if I had nothing else to do, which I kind of did have nothing to do, but that's kind of a side point. Like, no, if you can't say, you know, hi, how's the new house, then and only ask me for something when you only ask me to do something when you need it. No, no is always going to be the answer. And, you know, you guys, when you saw the guy, the coworker guy. Yeah. If you had a gypsy button, would you have given it to him? Absolutely. I was just picturing that scene. Sorry. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I hate this person. Everything. Oh, no, you don't hate anybody. Bullshit. I do hate people. Oh, the better question, would you give them the gypsy pie from Thinner? <laughs> you go ahead. You I mean... just don't think it would work fast enough. That's eat, my problem. Eat your pie. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. That one, when he, when, with, the, with the pie, it worked damn fast. Still not fast enough. I want instantaneous. <laughs> As well, I'm just a instant gratification kind of person. And I understand what you're saying about family. After my grandmother passed away, and this was back in, you know, it was a long time ago. After my grandmother died, everybody in our family, they never spoke to my mom. My mom was by herself. I was living in Tennessee at the time. My mom was still in New York. No one called her. No one stopped by. No one wrote a letter to say hi. My mom, there's a few members of the family my mom was asked me to reach out to. And I'll be honest, I haven't done it. I have given her bullshit after excuse after bullshit excuse. Like, why the hell should we even speak to those people? They treated us like plague victims. This this is why when I have my funeral... I'm going to make sure in the will I'm going to write a list of people who can come to my funeral, who can't come to my funeral. It's going to be like... like a, oh, no, like, I want everyone to come to my funeral, and then they can read my list of grievances. I'm going to find a 400-pound black man who can hold the list. He's going to be, be there holding that list. You guys are all on that list, by the way. Just, you know. <laughs> I won't be on the list because I'll be dead. There's so many people... Oh, shut your mouth. There's so many people <laughs> at the rate I'm, I'm going... I'm older. At the rate I'm going, I'm going to be killed in the street by a fucking wild hobo or something. But, um... <laughs> You said what to me? Like, no, because that, that's, that's one thing that, that I hate the most is going to a funeral and seeing people people there that I knew the person hated. I, that's one thing that I that I hate the most. And like, yeah, they didn't like you. Why'd you even show up? You, you could fucking leave uh, now. It's because it's a big show. It's a dog and pony show. Like I said, I'm going to make a, a nice list to be read at my funeral. Listing out all the reasons why I don't like you and why you look like a phony asshole. Why wait for the funeral? Say that shit now. That's what I do. Oh, I know. I'm, that's another thing I'm kind of dealing with now. But I, I never got along with my father. We just He was just, he, okay, he had moments where he was a great dad, but most of the time he was kind of a shit. Susan, and, Susan has another video. To my second cousin, Stanley, 
you horrifying, terrible piece of shit. You know, it's a, no, I'm going to continue. <laughs> oh, and my father passed away 15 years ago. For, I just had a horrible day. I'm like, you know, I should have sat that son of a bitch down and told him what I thought. And I never got a chance to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely laying on the I am sick to death of fucking everything right now. I'm sure after airing my grievances, it's almost like, what the fuck? Oh, God. What is the name of the holiday on Seinfeld? Festivus. I was going to make the joke about sending you a Festivus poll. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, like, my God, it's sounding like Festivus here. And it's just, it's a little early in the year. I got we a lot do of a- stuff to get through with you people. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, just for fun this year, I'm going to put up a Festivus poll. But um, on the plus side, I'm very happy in my new house. Life is really good. I just wanted to get the shitty people out of my, off my mind. Yay, new house. Yay, new house. It's awesome house. I'm so happy. Uh, me, is, it's not, not so serious. Uh, mentioned the Predator earlier, and I'm getting sick of reading stuff online about what was cut out of the movie and what the movie could have been because Hollywood has uh, the thing now to to neuter their, their writers and directors and limit what they can do and change this, that, and the other because one thing that really bothered me, I, I watched The Predator and I, I dug it I dug it good enough and then I get like 10 minutes in the movie and there's three callbacks to a better movie, in my opinion, as far as like whether it's a line or like a reference or whatever. I had a good enough time with it, but I just would like to see, seeing that I'm I'm a huge Fred Decker fan, I'm sure, and Shane Black fan, I'm sure most of everybody on this podcast is, and a lot of you guys listening too, and I would like to see, you know, Fred Decker's big comeback not be so neutered, and, and see what they could have done with it, if they, if they let him go do what they do, but that's not the, the studio world we live in, and who knows if you'll ever see that cut, but I'd like to see that Fred Decker cut one of these days, just to say, hey, I saw that, and see which version I pr- prefer uh, it's, it's, it sounds strange and really bitchy because I don't make these decisions but uh, I just, it really bugs me that they they give us this information after the movie comes out hey by the way this is what we cut out and this is what we reshot this is what we rewrote yada 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 like yeah this, that's a uh, that's annoying but uh <laughs> um what else I, I don't oh movie pass uh, these people complaining about their movie pass and I'm quitting on my movie pass, yada, yada, yada. Let me tell you, for what you pay for every month, your average person who lives in like a major metropolitan city, there's no cheap matinee to be had. So the fact that you're still paying $10 a month for, for three movies or whatnot, whatever whatever you, you give a movie pass now, is still an amazing deal where one ticket costs like $16. So if you're on your high horse about your movie pass and say hey, you can't see movie pass because it's a bunch of bullshit... The idea of MoviePass itself kind of sounded too good to be true when I was reading it. This is why I never got one, because it would go to waste anyway. And for the fact that once they made these big, huge changes to it, people were just going to start complaining like crazy people and not looking at the big picture. And uh, that's that's annoying. I mean, hell, even for us, and we go to $5 matinees, um, or not even matinee, but like, early morning and we, we go to the movies at like 10 o'clock in the morning so we because we're old and no. <laughs> that's like the the blue plate special movie time <laughs> but um 
because they're five bucks. And but even for us, because I know not everyone can get five dollar movies. Even for us, though, Movie Pass would be a good deal if because when you get those same instead of paying fifteen for those three movies, we'd be paying like three and a third. But I never got one because. I just, I just, I was not behind the business model because to me the business model didn't make any sense. And um, spoiler, I was right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it still doesn't make any sense. Like I don't know. Like, it's like this. I don't understand how this company is going to ever make any money. And um, but yeah, if you're if you have had it for a while or you still have it, and then this is still your thing, I'm really curious as to what the hell you're complaining about. Because I mean, what do you want? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it, it it seems like a good deal if I if I rent to the movies as much as I'd like to, but I don't, so that's why I don't have one. Well, and that's the thing too is we, do, I mean, there are times when we go to the movies a lot. Like we've gone to the movie the past two weekends, but then there are also like we might go an entire month without going to the movies, depending on what's playing and what time, what kind of time we have. So the last movie I went to the theater for was The Last Jedi. That's yeah. how often wow. I go See, to the movies. Yeah. So, I mean, we do go to the movies a lot, but it's not a guarantee. And I don't like paying for things I might not use. And so that's that's really why I never did it, because I don't like I'm like, I can't I don't want to risk that. Like, for instance, I don't even like buying my movie tickets ahead of time by a day, because if for whatever reason I'm not going to make it to that showtime, then I don't want to be out my money. That's and does that's the, how does the seat map c- confuse anybody else but me? I'm just curious about that. No, <laughs> it's crazy. No, only in one theater um, for me. Okay. Only on one theater that's local to me is it really confusing, and that's because the way that they do their handicap seating is all backwards and weird, and the the way that they number their stuff is also messed up from that. Mm. Those people in their fancy chairs on huh, court. Oh, I love. It. I, I love the I love the uh, fold out chairs and all the crazy like let's make this as comfortable for you and make it feel like it's your home and you're not actually just chilling here at the theater. And I I actually still have a movie pass. My biggest complaint that happened was when they dropped it to where you could only see a movie once under the guise of it would encourage you to see more different movies. Yes. When. In reality, it was, we can't figure out a way to keep people from ripping us off, so now you can only see a movie once, you know? Because my wife and I used it quite a bit, and we would go to, the, like, the same movie a couple of different times. We'd go see it, and then some friends would want to see it, so we'd go to the same movie again with them, you know, particularly, like, the Marvel movies and stuff like that. And we still use it every now and then, but mostly the selections have just basically died off, and the only reason that we haven't canceled it yet is... I'm on a yearly plan and I can't really cancel it early. Like I won't get my money back anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're just keeping it until my year's almost up. It's coming up soon. So, yeah, you know, I'm, well, I'm didn't they also, uh, didn't they also recently restrict, um, what you can and can't as far as like new releases? Yeah. If it's a newer, newer release and it's like, uh, I can't remember exactly how they do it, but there's certain movies where they'll black it out and you can't see it on the, newest dates when it would be the most expensive for them and stuff like that. But I never actually, I mean, I'm not the guy that goes for the crazy latest release. I mean, I saw the nun on Thursday night, like, and it was premiering that Friday, but we got like a special sneak preview thing in one of the theaters that was partnered with movie pass out here in Omaha. And I saw the nun on like Thursday night on my movie pass. And I'm glad. Cause I was really disappointed in it. 
<laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it has its ups and it has its downs. And I've been talking with my wife about dropping the movie pass thing and going with the local AMC's version of that. It's more expensive and you can see three movies a week, which is all the more we ever got on movie pass anyway, if we're being honest, but it's less restricted. You can see as many move like as many of the, the same movie as many times as you want. As long as you fit into their parameters, you can see 4D, you can see IMAX, all that other stuff. And it still counts towards whatever bonus points and things like that. And I know Alamo's planning on looking at doing something similar to that. And if they do that in, in the one near my that's going to be built up in near my house, then I guarantee you that that's the route that I'm going because that's like my favorite theater experience is Alamo. And they have specialty screenings that are just made for me. I mean, I saw Summer of 84 in the Alamo out here with full 4K digital projection, and it was an amazing experience. Nice. Yeah, we have MJR here, and I love them. I really, I, if they had, like, a movie thing, like a, a thing like that, I think we would, I would probably consider that. Um, we are, we do, we are rewards members there, and they, I don't know, they treat you right. Like, they have good prices, they have decent prices on their concessions, the theaters are really nice and super clean, and um, particularly the one we go to, I absolutely love it. And um, so, yeah, I would look into it there. I can't stand AMC, so I won't go anywhere near them. Um, but, I mean, because, Jesus Christ, I remember the first time, when I first moved out here, um, we went to an AMC to see something, and it was so god-awful expensive. I was like, oh, my, my God, never again. Like, just no. And then we actually had to go to an AMC to see Green Room when it came out because that's the only place it was playing was this one theater that was like half an hour away. So we went there, and again, I was like, "Why am I here? I hate AMC." <laughs> so it was miserable. Like this, the I just the whole experience was miserable. So we we stick to MGR, and if it doesn't play at MJR, we pretty much don't see it. But um, I don't know. That's like the only I would consider something like that if they did it but that's because i'm i'm a very loyal customer to them but outside of that eh, i don't care the idea is successful in that people will do it people will do the subscription service yeah so the theaters just need to work out a way to do it to where it's beneficial for their customers and yet they can still make money on it because i mean people- that's the thing is you have to be able to make money off it otherwise you know you're just going to go under well, and a lot of the theaters that would probably the most benefit from it, like if an Alamo draft house, I mean, they do the dinner and the movie thing all the time or they serve you alcohol at your seat and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If I got a subscription service thing that I'm doing with them and I'm in their theater, I goddamn guarantee you that I'm going to be spending more money on whatever concessiony stuff that they have to offer while I'm there, you know, and it's it's like you said, the loyalty thing goes along with that as well. So it has it has its ups and it has its downs. And I like the idea of a subscription service. We just need somebody to do it correctly. I mean, there's other companies that are doing it like over in Europe that have actually touched base over here. I think Cinemia started over in Europe and is now doing it over here as well. And they're they're like only three movies a month, but you or something like that. And they have different plans like that. But whenever you figure out the ticket prices, the what you pay per month is still less than what you would pay. And they don't. I mean, like if the places would let you bag your credits like that you get to do with like an audible or something like that, where if you don't go to the movies as much, you still can only use X amount per month, but you have some bags. So like, let's say 
you don't use that many so you get one that carries over or something like that you know anything that that basically lets you get your money's worth but at the same time is still good for the theater yeah i mean duncan yeah probably five years ago um duncan had been telling me about a a program that his theater had and i don't know if it was a chain theater or if it was just a local thing but i'll have to ask him about it maybe on sunday if i remember um but um and this was years ago and i was like wow that's a that, it sounded like a really cool thing and i'm like i wish they would do something like that over here only then you know I, I think they did it better over there <laughs> i think i think the the business model sounded more stable so yeah they just need someone to in, to implement it properly and you're right people will do it um because i mean one thing that people are really good at is is get signing on to things that automatically come out of their bank account and then either rarely using them or forgetting to use them and then um that's honestly the way a lot of places are able to make money is because more people than not don't cash in on them so even though you you have the some people who who will go to the movies three or four times a week, um, you're, you're always going to have that, that certain number of people who rarely use it at all, but they still continue to pay for it. So, Well, it's I like how gym memberships work. They hook you, exactly. they get you to buy a shitload of it all up front and, you know, or get the monthly thing that you have subscribed automatically under the guise of paying less per month, but they know it's a guaranteed money coming in that you'll never even recoup your expenses for by coming back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun, guys. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> people say Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. This is my most favorite time of the year because it's back to school time. Not for me, for all those little shit children out there that are invading my matinees. They've gone back to pushing pencils, and I can enjoy a movie on a Tuesday afternoon now. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 good. It's it's good on both ends. You know, they're not learning shit, and I'm good to watch a good movie in peace. So. To celebrate that, uh, we chose to discuss two films about students who build shit that, that is ultimately destructive. Uh, doing Big Hero 6 and Real Genius. We'll do uh, this in chronological order with Real Genius first, right after this. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Absolutely. 
His hobbies violate the laws of gravity. What are you doing out there? Floating, sir. His homework could win a Nobel Prize. He's one of the ten finest minds in the country. And his IQ is higher than most people can count. I can't stand it. Have you ever seen a body like this before in your life? She happens to be my dog. Well, I guess you have. But when Chris makes the scientific discovery of the century... You did it. His classmates want the credit. You're not number one around here anymore. His professor wants the publicity. I... And the military wants to use his discovery as the ultimate weapon. This is not good. So Chris is about to turn getting even into a science. And show them. Roger. Open Bombay doors. They should never try to outsmart. A real genius. Ah, real genius. Uh, your cheap plot synopsis is Teenage geniuses deal with their abilities while developing a high-powered laser for a university project. When their professor intends to turn their work into military weapon, uh, the whole time he did, they decide to ruin his plans. This stars, of course, the great Val Kilmer. That guy looks a little strange now. Gabriel Jarrett is Mitch, is Mitch Taylor. That guy looks a little weird. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Mayron, who I've always enjoyed her. Uh, the man with no dick, William Atherton. <laughs> uh, John Grease, always awesome. Stacy Peralta in this movie. Holy shit. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, my Mining Court's uh, sexy Ed Lauder shows up in this movie as well. I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick at the court first. Ask him, how does he feel about Real Genius? All right, this is a deeply ingrained in my childhood film for multiple reasons, and I'll try and keep the the love fest down to a minimum here as much as possible. But this is one of those films where I think I saw this probably like maybe five, six, seven, somewhere like that when it was on HBO. And I felt like I kind of found my place where I'm like, okay, these people are kind of like me. You know, because I, I knew even kind of back then as a kid, like it was right around the time I think I was starting like kindergarten and first grade. And I could just kind of tell that I wasn't like the other kids. And I was I was actually pretty different. And I felt like an outsider and I just felt like just weird. And then I saw this movie and I'm like, well, these guys are weird and they're outsiders and they're doing all this crazy cool stuff. And they're not letting the fact that they might be smarter than other people be a hindrance. And it just kind of stuck with me. And it's one of the movies that I've watched while I was kind of being pushed through school and getting put, I, I'm not even going to mince words about it. And I'm not doing this to brag. This is just what happened. Uh, when I was a kid, I got tested into, they call it the gifted program, but it's for kids that have a higher IQ that have an accelerated ability to learn. And I got shoehorned into that right out of kindergarten into first grade. And it was right around that time that I found this movie. So being put into that program and basically just shifted away from all the other kids in school and just kind of becoming an outsider. And then seeing this film life kind of made sense and felt like I knew where I was headed. And then like, if you know, these kids can do what they're doing and still have fun and be wild and crazy and rebellious and all the things that I wanted to be at that age, 
it, it made sense and it was just kind of it worked out. It was so much fun to watch and I, I loved all the crazy sciencey stuff and it made me kind of proud to be a nerd. So and I've always loved it ever since. And I can't separate that moment in my life watching it from watching it now, even though watching it now, there's plenty of things that I see where I'm like, oh, oh, hold on, movie. That's not right. Don't do don't do that. Like, for instance, Mitch is 15 when he goes to school and some lady that's like in her 30s wants to bone him because she waited three years for him to be old enough. And he's 15. That's that's not appropriate. And yeah, I'm, he, I'm over here going, he's not old enough. <laughs> yeah. And then like he's like, no, 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 not you, lady. And he goes across the hall to Jordan, who is 19. She says it earlier. She says she's 19. She's brilliant and she's hyperkinetic. And guys are terrified of that. And if she sat to th- stop to think about it, she'd probably be depressed. And so in this movie, a 15 year old goes and has sex with a 19 year old. And no one seems to think that there's anything wrong with that. They just let it be completely okay. There's a, on Chris Knight, I mean, before I was like, wow, I want to be just like him. And watching the movie now as an adult, I'm like, holy shit, you misogynistic asshole. Chill, man, chill. Take it down a notch. So there's some things that watching it now, I'm like, man, should I have tried to pattern a lot of who I was after these characters? <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's still a great and fun movie to watch, you know. To, to be fair, man, there's those kids in high school who get banged by their 15, their their senior uh, athletic instructor. That's probably the best sex they're gonna have, Court. They weren't told about it, okay? It's just uh, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, inappropriate. I'm just saying, wrong. I wouldn't have said wrong. No. <laughs> Fucking Instagram and shit. Come on now, ruined stuff. Wow, oh, Jesus Christ. That's not appropriate, Gary. It's it's rape it's rape in writing, not not in spirit. I'm sure you've done a real great time, is all I'm saying. Wow. Oh, can't agree with that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Can't agree with that. Uh, but overall, I mean, like, the idea that they're pranking each other and they're using their intelligence to prank each other, that's the stuff that I think I really connected with. I don't think I understood any of the other stuff when I was a kid, but... Seeing somebody like Kent, who's purposely just out to get you and fuck with you all the time, everybody had that particular type of bully, whether it was physical or emotional and stuff. And seeing how they get comeuppance and how Mitch gets back at him with the help of Chris Knight, I think is a part I connect with the most in this movie is the juvenile futile and stupid gestures that they do for revenge. I mean, culminating with the ultimate popcorn destruction of the house is just the fucking best. Great. Suzanne. I grew up watching this movie and, you know, once again, it's the first introduction, first time I ever saw Val Kilmer and yeah, I was kind of in love with him for a while. Still maybe a little bit too, even though he looks a little bit doughy now, but that's kind of beside the point, but I know I love this movie. I love the music. William Atherton is at his absolute smarmy douchey best. He's just such an asshole in this movie, but you know, he's, that's what he does. And my favorite character was always Jordan. I always thought she was such a sweetheart. And I, I just looked her up on IMDb. You know, she only did 10 movies. And I think I've yeah. seen all of them. And it's kind of a shame because she was... She had I a mean, good run there for a little while and then just kind of stopped. Yeah. She was great in Revenge of the Nerds. She was this, this one that I remember watching on HBO in the middle of the night called The Joy of Sex where she was a high school virgin and trying to get information yeah. on sex. Yeah. It, it's uh, a, she was in Valley Girl, All another Deborah oh, yeah. Foreman connection for her. Yeah. And I'm just really surprised that she just 
stopped and the last thing she did was in 1988 and I really think that's a shame I really liked her a lot and I like the fact that she wasn't you know your Hollywood pretty she was she was pretty but she was more of your your brainy pretty if that makes any sense like I just I grew up watching this I can't even count how many times I've seen this probably watched it every time it was on HBO because it was in this like time span where it played on HBO at least every other day, if not daily. And I probably watched it damn near every time it was on. It's a great story. And I love the, I love the outsider story. You know, you finally find that spot where you fit in and that just gives me the warm and fuzzies because it's, it's hard sometimes to fit in, especially when you're smart and these guys all work together. The pranks are great. I love what they did to Kent's car. <laughs> that was that, that was my favorite prank because that was just hilarious. And Ken is a douchebag. <laughs> He's just the your standard brown noser. Just come right up the professor's ass the entire time, and he kind of gets everything that he's got coming to him. I was just thinking now, you know, watching it as an adult, like, well, if he'd been in that house when that laser hit and the heat hit the popcorn, wouldn't he have been fried, too? Yeah, it's supposed to be hotter than the sun. It would have melted all of that stuff. It wouldn't have reflected off. It would have just melted a hole right through it. But let's not get into that. Yeah, let's not. No, no semantics here. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love this. Like I said, it's it's a treat. It's it reminds me of being, you know, it's like preteens. It, it was just one of my favorite movies, and rewatching it still kind of is. Cool, uh, Brian. Um, I've seen this movie a ton <clears throat> back in the olden days when I was in my early twenties and working at video stores. Back when they still had video stores, uh, we were limited to watching movies that were PG thirteen or less. So any movie worth a damn that was rated PG-13 or under, uh, I must have seen 300 times, and this is one of them. Um, It was just in a constant rotation. It was always good for a laugh, and I honestly hadn't seen it for a good long while. Uh, So this was a good uh, catching up with it, and it aged well. I enjoyed my revisit with it. I think it's a damn shame Val Kilmer's ego wrote so many checks that even his considerable talent still couldn't cash because uh, he's really good in this. And you can see he has that certain he had a a charisma star quality and he had a good long he had a good run for a while. But eventually, because he's such an asshole, um, people just had enough of his shit and quit working with him. And and. uh, I think that is a damn shame because he could have done a lot more than what he actually did. He's humbled himself quite and a bit nowadays, though. What's that? He's humbled himself quite a bit these days, though. Yeah, he has. But, I mean, there's a good, at least a decade-long oh. space in the middle where he just vanished. Yep, it was. Well, yeah. he kind of has to humble himself. He looks like Bo Bridges now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... I, I think of what might have been if he just didn't turn into, you know, such jackass. But, oh well. Um, I really like Kent. I mean, he's uh, he's an asshole. 
He's the atypical suck up, but just he's a good foil. I really like that actor. I'm blanking on a name, but he's done other such things. Um, almost other characters like that because I just I can see him in my head playing the same kind of role. He was and in Bachelor Party. Maybe that was it. He basically played the same character. He was uh, Tony Katane's like ex-boyfriend. That's it. Yes. Um, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Because even while watching this, I'm like, was there a sequel? Was he in the sequel? Uh, Val Kilmer probably wasn't, but they probably got this guy back. And then I'm like, no. Um, and just I like I like his douchebagginess. He does douchebag really well. Uh, and for me, my favorite part is the whole uh, talking to Jesus and, you know, quit playing with yourself. You are God. <laughs> yeah. um, that cracks me up. Uh, it's just it's a it's a good, solid flick. I get a bit of a vibe of like best defense from it. The whole, you know, military subplot and how they're going to weaponize this item and, you know, make a, a death ray. Um I don't know. I just I like the idea of the kids revolting at the end, the big popcorn house bomb. Um, I mean, it's one of those typical things where, okay, and then the next scene that you don't see in a movie is everybody going to jail. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Yeah, but they uh, save the day at the end. So nobody goes to jail. Exactly. All you got to do is a get out of jail free card is play Tears for Fears right after you commit a horrible crime and you can walk away. (laughs) And show all the kids jumping into popcorn. That's covered in splinters and broken glass for fuck's sake. Don't let the kids go in there. (laughs) And don't eat it. I I do. I get a kick when uh, you see them at the very end. They're running off with like wheelbarrows and wagons full of popcorn. Um and I do like the fact that even Kent at the end, when he's in the popcorn house, he's like going, wee! <laughs> he's having a fun time, so. I would have been so happy. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it's a. He's like, he's like, baby, that would have lasted you two or three movies. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, he did build that house out of embezzlement money, if you listen to the script, you know, so. They kind of did him a favor. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's a fun, you know, what Jamie had said was a good pairing with this movie would have been Revenge of the Nerds because they both have a similar feel to it. Um, it's a, both about the underdog, the nerds, the smart kids, you know, getting revenge. Yeah. Plus, um, Thomas Newton did the music for yeah. both of them, which is very evident if you are when you're watching this film I mean, you can hear it. I mean, plus there's a Michelle Mary connection, which I love her. I think she was the, this is the cutest that she's ever been. It was when it was in this movie. I just think she's adorable in this movie. I love her attitude, her character overall. She's just cute as pie. And I think she's precious, but yeah, I think that would have been a super fun pairing. The two of those, but um, go, go for it, Jamie, your turn. Your turn to shine. Well, I I like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I haven't seen it a ton. It's one that I've maybe seen three times. I haven't. I never really watched it a lot. But 
I do like it. I do think it's a lot of fun. I like the characters. I love William Atherton and just about anything. So that's always good. I've never been a Val Kilmer fan, so I can take him or leave him. But I, I like him in select things, and I like him okay in this. But like he's never been a draw for me. Um, I wish there was more Deborah Foreman because I always enjoy her. Even in this role, I still like Deborah Foreman, so I wish there had been more of her in this film, but, you know, there's that. I just, it's fun, you know. It. My one sticking point, <laughs> we got to the end, and I'm like, <sighs> but the popcorn wouldn't keep popping once they took away the heat source. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's like, that's your issue with this? <laughs> like, yeah, well, that is my... That's my one sticking point with the that and all the other science that doesn't necessarily always work. But, you know, what are you going to do? Everything in this film, every piece of thing that was supposed to be scientific was not in any way, shape, or form. It's, you know, what, what do you, it's a, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll let him have it because fun. But, um, yeah, like I love the, the goofy shit, like the ice slide and. Um, and I love, I was actually watching them when they were talking about, like when he was explaining to them his fix for the fuel and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just watching this going, you have no, idea. you have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. I and, kept expecting somebody and, from Star Trek to come out and start techno babbling. <laughs> and all of the people who were just standing there listening, it, it was funny because the look on William Atherton's face was like. Wow, I don't think it, you have no idea what, <laughs> what's going on. But that's hilarious. Um, it's, you're cute. But <laughs> it's fun. I I do enjoy it. And I miss this kind of movie. I Yeah. This kind of comedy. You know, I'm, I miss it. And I wish it's, we had more stuff like this. Huh? It's so good. It, it's, it's so big hearted. Yeah. I thought you and, said what? Like it like it was a bad thing. And oh then, no, 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 no. Oh no, I agree. Um yeah, I just it's but you know what? That was the time period. It's it's and and I've said it I say it all the time about horror, but it's true of any genre really, is that you know, film is generally a reflection of what's going on. And so it's going to change. It's going to morph and it's it'll have a different face, you know, and 30 years ago, you know, it looked one way and then now it's going to look a different way. And so it's, it, you don't ever get this, you know, movies like we used to have, you know, but there was a there was something about this time period that was very, yeah, big. I mean, honestly, yeah. Big hearted is it is kind of a, that's a pretty good descriptor. It's, I mean, hell, they fire a death ray all the way across campus. And nobody's hit by it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that that's he set up a, He set up a series of mirrors, though, Brian. It should have worked just fine. This, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but just They're everything. just fucking lucky, no, but lucky no one was walking by. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, in, a, in a movie today. Or don't, didn't hit the dorms or whatever. Yeah. I mean, nothing stopped that thing. But yeah, and that's the thing is it, it's good natured. It's lighthearted big-hearted you know there's always there's like this overarching we're gonna save the world you know thing i don't know it's it's warm and fun and endearing 
And, you know, pretty doggone good. Doggone it, doggone it, doggone it. Yeah, I dig this film. Uh, what, what Court was saying about um, Chris Knight being overly misogynistic, that's true to a T until about midway through the film. He starts to show that he's humble, and you get Laszlo's story out of him and stuff. And I think that that, that character takes a turn right there and, you know, becomes more about, you know... Still crapping on Doctor Hathaway, but being good to his to his people, which for the most part of the film, he he is good to his friends, and I think it really all came together when he told Laszlo's, uh, you know, <laughs> by the way, all hail Laszlo Hollifeld and all hail King Vidiot, respectively. Love that guy, you know. <laughs> John Grease for life, oh, or Grise, sorry, John Grise for life. Same same deal. He'd appreciate it either way. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, like you said, the Jordan character. I'm getting more. I'm gonna get to be Hero Six. But you know, this is a a, a female character. This is really hard to believe because nowadays they 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 shit all over this. Who's intelligent and capable, and not stupid, and not played to be stupid. I know this is really hard for people to understand watching shit like The Big Bang Theory. But you know, I I, I love that she could be. You know, she she explains. You know why she's so hyperactive and stuff. And one of my favorite lines ever, the funny I'm going to paraphrase this, is when uh, Chris makes the sex party with the beauticians for, for his nerd friends. See how good a friend he is? Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, Just trying to get him laid. Yes. <laughs> and she says, and Mitch asked her somewhere along the lines of, why is she joining in? She goes, what, necking? I'm not gay! You know, shit like that. Just, uh, yeah, she's a really quirky character. I love that character. Uh like you guys said, the science that doesn't work in this film, but I love the fact that it's there. It's it's just people being silly with ice and him slicing liquid nitrogen supposedly and putting it in a vending machine, and that works. And uh, touching it with his bare hands and not getting serious burns yes. from the ice. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, the, the characters work really well together, and I thought that was Ruth Buzzy at the beginning of this film as Mitch's mother, but it, it wasn't. It's a different actress. Um, so that was the only real disappointing part of this film for me, <laughs> was that, because I love Ruth Buzzy so, Ruth Buzzy so much. <laughs> um, yeah, look that one up, kids, if you guys don't know what that is. Um, what else? There's, there's tons. It's, 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 it's a product of the time. There's, there's a lot of these, these let's make kids hate the government films, but not throwing it in your face. And I think... That's something that's missed nowadays. Whereas if they made a film like this today, they'd try to make it all stuffy and serious and, you know, damn the man. Kind of like Antitrust was. Although I do love Antitrust. Although, but it is it is very heavy-handed and very extreme. This this does it a little lighter than Antitrust. And I, I can appreciate the comedy mixed with the seriousness of them building something that can destroy somebody from space and not realizing it. And then having the guy that lives in the closet and bring it all together. I, I love this cast of characters. I love this film. And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I'll kick it back to court again and ask him, uh, what, is, what is his final thoughts? And what does he give it 1 to 10? Well, there's some stuff that is definitely, and I hate the term, but I don't know how else to say it, problematic nowadays. Um, <laughs> we're viewing it from modern eyes, I should say. There's some things that I have issues with. And I think us discussing the thing with Chris Knight being a misogynist, I think looking at it this way, I think he was being the way he was as a defense mechanism because he knew that he was awkward around girls. So go. he just became over the top, like aggressive about it. 
And then when he finally settled in and realized that he could just be himself and people would like him for who he is, which I think Mitch helped him be, then he grew as a person. Uh, but anyway, just to kind of move it along here, the, the stuff that I have an issue with is still not enough to drown it out. So I'm still solid eight and a half on this film uh, out of 10. I, I still love it to this day. It still touches me in all those warm cackles of the heart that I wanted to and love it as it is. Cool. Brian. It's very much a product of its time. Um, again, this is the decade that gave us Revenge of the Nerds, where the heroes were spying on women and videotaping them without them knowing, and they were the good guys. Um, oh, and there's also the whole dressing up like your boyfriend and raping you without you knowing it. But hey, again. That was romantic. They were the good guys. So uh, things have changed between then and now. Yes. That said, it is just it's a it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's a funny movie. And uh, I like it. I like everybody in it. I like I said, even like Kent, he's a douchebag, but he does douchebag so well. So uh, I give it an eight. It was hot and I was hungry. That's all I'll say. Suzanne. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I just (laughs) I, I still love this movie, although I've never I've tried several times to say it, but I've never been able to ask a guy. So can you nail a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Is that, is that a trick question, <laughs> or never... you asked me to try this? Because I can try, but... I've, 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 I've almost got myself to the point where I was going to say it to somebody. I'm like, A, they won't get the reference, or B, my husband's standing behind me. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. There might be substantial no. bruising if I try, though. So you really want that, Suzanne? <laughs> <laughs> My answer to that is simply, that's how my wife decided she was going to marry me. (laughs) But I, like I said, this is just a a classic from my preteen years. And I just love the movie. And I'm going to go straight up nine. The sum of the science is, doesn't work. It's a a little too fluffy in places, but it's still, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, Suzanne in the Manhattan Project, he used dinner plates to make an atomic bomb. So there, there you go. It's a... Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> JV. <laughs> well, I really dig it. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, like I said, there are things that definitely would not be said or done now in a movie, but fuck all of that. I mean, this this isn't now. I mean, this movie isn't now. And I wouldn't change a goddamn thing about the 80s. So, um Amen. I am I am a okay, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a nine as well. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, me I dig it. I, I have a good time with it. Like I said, great great cast of characters playing great characters. Um, it's it's an eight out of ten because only for the fact that it's not Willow for me for Val Kilmer. So I think Willow <laughs> would be a ten for me. This is this is an eight. Okay. Because that's, that's where I fell over Velcom. When he flips that sword in the air, it gets me every time, okay? You are great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love shit. me some Willow. Yes. But uh, up next, we're, we're going to talk about some feels, as Court calls it, and uh, uh, Pudgy Robots and uh, Big Hero 6. Puffy. Puffy. Puffy Robot. I'm sorry, Puffy Robot. Pudgy. Pudgy, pudgy, no, that, that's that. That's... I am not fast. <laughs> <laughs> Big Hero Six, right after the break.
individual Someone who knows it all I could be your song special You could be my beautiful My doll My doll My doll I'm a little intellectual Someone who knows it all I could be your song special You could be my beautiful My doll My doll Smaller than you, smaller than you, smaller than you. Can't you see I'm smaller than you, smaller than you, smaller than you. Can't you see I'm a human chocolate? I'm five and five is ten. I'll kiss you and call you later. Cause I wanna see you again. I wanna see you again. I wanna see you again. All right, let me get this straight. A man in a kabuki mask attacked you with an army of miniature flying robots. Microbots? B-Max, tell them. Yes, officer. Ah! Microbots? Yeah, he was controlling them telepathically with a neurocranial transmitter. Come on! I am not fast. Yeah, no kidding! Go, 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 go! So Mr. Kabuki was using ESP to attack you and Balloon Man. I know it sounds crazy, kid. How about we call your parents and get them down here? What? Write your name and number down on this piece of paper and we can help. We gotta catch that guy. But first, you're gonna need some upgrades. in a mask just tried to kill us. How cool is that? I mean, it's scary, obviously, but how cool! Whoa. What's wrong with you? Low battery. You home, sweetie? We jumped out a window. Who's that? We jumped out a window. Harry, baby. Hello, I am Baymax. Big Hero 6, uh, your cheapo plot synopsis is this, the special bond that develops between plus-size inflatable robot Baymax and prodigy Hiro Hamada who team up with a with a group of friends to form a band of high-tech heroes. 
To do what? That's a cheap plot synopsis there. Yeah. <laughs> this includes a lot of voice talents, including <laughs> Scott Adson as Baymax, uh, who I've met and I have, I have had that fist bump with, with Scott Adson. That's pretty awesome. Uh, TJ Miller, uh, who you love him or hate him, but Fred is my spirit animal, oh, goddammit. Love that guy. You know, David Wayne's Jr. is Wasabi. Oh, my love. Genesis Rodriguez is Honey Lemon. I'm going to get into that very soon. There's tons of other people. But I'm going to kick it, not to Court, because Court was crying because he was watching this movie, I think. So I'm going to... All the feels. <laughs> all the feelings, all at once. <laughs> I'm going to say Suzanne. What did you think of Big oh, Hero God. 6? You know, it, it's one of those movies I want to love it more than I do. I think that, you know, Baymax is... I, I, I love... Scott Adson, I think he really brought a lot of life to that and love T.J. Miller in this. And I am one of those people that I do love him. I think he's hilarious. Invisible sandwich. People think you're crazy. (laughs) But for me, my problem, I just found it. It's just way too formulaic. It's like five seconds before, you know, end of the movie. It's like, oh, great. The brother that he looks up to is going to die. He dies. Spoilers. <laughs> and they're going to try to take his little nanobots and do bad things with them. They do. <laughs> and then he's going to have to, uh, you know, he discovers this robot and uh, tries to turn into a, he, he tries to change his programming to, for revenge. But he doesn't. Of course not. And then they end up saving somebody at the end. You know, pretty much it's cut and dried. You could see it coming. And the only thing that really made me enjoy this movie was the characters. I, I, I did enjoy the characters, but I didn't like the story. I've seen it a hundred times before. It didn't really bring anything new to the table for me. Yes, I know this is a very unfavorable opinion. I just, I expected a little bit more. I, what was it? New San Fran, Tokyo? Yeah. And, you know, I I see they're trying to mix a little anime in with who did this, Pixar or Disney? That's a Disney. It comes from a it comes from a manga. That's why it's a Japanese feel to it. Yeah. And I mean, it's Disney. Damn near everything Disney does has like that one little streak of mean spiritedness. You know, poor, poor kids lose their parents raised by their crazy aunt. With a cat, of course. You can tell she's crazy. She's got a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Disney has been teaching kids to deal with death for generations. Yes. (laughs) And I have never seen Bambi, and I'm going to my grave. Never seen Bambi. Yeah, but does your movie have an inflated robot petting a cat saying, furry baby? Yours does it now. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Furry baby. Like I just think this was just Drunk generic. He's the fucking bomb. <laughs> Betamax was great. He that was he was the only redeeming thing in this movie. The rest it was just kind of for me. I'm sorry, it was bland. Well, I think it's a kids movie first of all, and I don't think it was designed for a grown adult uh, no. in in the state that you were watching it. And I think you were in a bad mood when you watched it. I think you need to see it in a better mood. You might like it more. <laughs> I know. I. I I, and I, I love movies like that. I love them all. But I just, this one just bugs me. 
Watch Zootopia and tell me how you feel about that movie, okay? Zootopia? Do you dislike superhero movies too, Suzanne? Is that just not your thing? It depends on the superhero movies. Okay. I really fucking love the original Superman movie. Yes. I've watched that more times than I can count. Um, I like some of the Avengers movies. I love Iron Man. I think Deadpool is the fucking bomb. But I just, there's some, this movie just really bothered me. And I've watched it a couple of times. Hell, I bought it for Pat. We watched it several times, and he's like, why do you, he doesn't understand why I don't like it. And I tried telling him, and he's like, no, you're just being a snob. I love how guys <laughs> love this movie. I love that. I think it's adorable. I do, too. Brian loves this movie. Shh, I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was talking about she the other Brian. She may know more than one Brian. Jeez. <laughs> God. I was talking about the crazy one that spells his name with a Y. Oh, there you go. <laughs> But Brian, tell us how you feel about Big Hero Six. Um, Brian with an I, tell us how you feel about it. To paraphrase Schindler's List, this movie is an absolute good. I love this movie, and I don't you, and I don't know why. I uh, Puffy Robot is probably why. (laughs) Uh, Baymax, or as we call him, Puffy Robot, is hilarious. Um. (laughs) I love, I just the comedic timing and the gags with him when they're trying to get out of the warehouse and he's like, Baymax, kick the door. And he just goes, boop. (laughs) Punch it. Boop. (laughs) When he's, you know, quick run. He's like, I am not fast. (laughs) The way he just minces around on his little legs. I love watching him run. It is so adorable. When he gets caught in the window, and he's like, oh, no. (laughs) And then he has to let the air out of himself, and it's the long... (sighs) (laughs) When they're in the police station, and he's taping up his arm, and, you know, you have the three different sound effects of the air escaping, and just one by one, they go down, and then he puffs up the other arm, and then you get the three... (laughs) And it's just, it's... It's good. It's smart. It and then when works. he's when his battery's dying and he's all drunk. Yeah. Was... <laughs> For me, Baymax is just, I mean, he is the movie. I could watch a whole movie with just him in it all by himself. That being said, I do like everything about this movie. I like how it looks. I like how, and this is true of most animation, but I, Watching it the other day, I was taken by how colorful it is. And watching realistic films, you know, live action films, and sometimes uh, not so much anymore, thank God. But there was a period there just some years back where everything was monochromatic. Everything was a wash and piss yellow or puke green and just, you know, or like. Speaking of superheroes, you get shit like the uh, the DC Universe and their Superman movies where they mute all the colors because, God forbid, Superman be bright and colorful anymore. No, he has to be dark and depressing and dour and brooding and emo. And That's because they can't tell the difference between Superman and Batman. Yeah, well, fuck you. It's um, Zack Snyder. It's all <laughs> Zack Snyder's fault. And yes, fuck him. I mean, 
this is just a visual treat. I just enjoy watching it. I love the look of San Fran, Sokyo, Tokyo, whatever it's called. San Fran, Sokyo. Um, and everything about it. I love the little blimps that float in the air. I guess they're wind catchers used for power. And that's just, they don't explain it. They don't address it. They're just there. And I just love that attention to detail. Um, I love the robot fighting in the beginning where uh, the kid comes in with his dopey looking robot. And he's like, I've never done this before. And you know, he's going to roll the guy. You know, it's, you know, a grift. But uh, I love when he's like, oh, no, he got beat up. Can we try again? And then he's like, kill him. And a robot turns to his scary face and just whoops the hell out of him. He packed his angry eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the part like where he was like, who wants to fight Nitoyama? And one guy like rips his yeah. head off his own robot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the nerdy friends at the college. I mean, everything about this movie, I just, I really enjoy. Um, <laughs> I like the look of the bad man, the main villain. Yeah, it's kind of been there, done that, but I don't know. He had a cool look. I love his uh, little army of nanobot tentacles, you know, because God knows I love Cthulhu, so that's right, right in my wheelhouse. Um, just everything about it. I, I love how there is an element of, you know, my daughter's dead, so I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to take everything you have away from you because you took everything away from me. And then when it's all gone and you have nothing left, then I'm going to kill you. And that is dark. That ain't like Zack Snyder dark wallowing in misery and, oh, the world sucks. This is just somebody who's been twisted by loss. And he's hurt to such a degree he is just out to hurt others. And I like that. I like the fact that he's willing to... They don't really address it. They don't call attention to it. But he's chucking cars and huge cinder blocks and pieces of wall at kids. I get the idea that he doesn't want to kill them. That ain't part of his plan. But God damn it, you get in the way of my revenge. I'm going to roll over you. I like the moment where the kid switches Baymax to uh, kill mode. And, you know, of course they turn him off and all that. But just everything... Right down the line, this movie just makes me happy. It does everything right. It works. And, yeah, it hits me with some of the feels. I love Puffy Robot. I love the voice they gave him. I love the manner mannerisms they gave him. Um, What about that scene where he sacrifices himself? Oh. I love the self-sacrifice scene at the end to <laughs> save everybody. <laughs> and the fact that he has to make the kid... I, you know, it's, I mean, that's right out of Terminator 2. I can't self-terminate. So Baymax, like, look, I can't do this unless you tell me you're happy with my service or whatever. Satisfied with your king. Yeah, satisfied. I mean, that's right out of there. That is good writing. That is emotional shit meant to get the feels going. And for me, it works. So, uh, yeah, I dig this film a lot. From uh, direction, voice acting, animation, the visual style, and just how they use it, the 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 jokes, the little mannerisms. Hell, just watching Baymax pop up 
for I guess the second time, and he's trying to get around to bed in the bedroom, and yeah. it's a tight fit, <laughs> and he's like trying to squeeze by. That shit just it it makes me laugh. Knocking shit off tables. Oh. Well, 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 that is well. actual footage of me trying to clear the corner of the bed. <laughs> Before we rearranged the bedroom, we had had this like I don't know what I was thinking. Um, the like that there was a chest right up against the corner of the bed that I have to go around to get to bed. <laughs> so that is actual footage of me trying to get in and out of bed. <laughs> Before I wised up and moved the furniture around. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. So the, the part where Hero trips over his own feet and the, the shelf falls. And the stuff keeps falling and says, are you satisfied? Uh, ow. What, what ow, is, ow, yeah. ow. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What is your level of faith? What is your level of faith? What is your level of faith? <laughs> between one and... Between one and... Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I mean, yeah. I just I think Baymax is the perfect design. His look, his mannerisms, and his voice just go together so incredibly well. That is a very good character. I don't like a lot of animation, uh, a lot of animated movies, but there's some that I think are exceptional, and this is one of them. Cool. Oh. There, I'm done. I'll kick, I'll kick it to court next. All right. I don't know if it was just the, like, emotional state that I'm in when I was watching this last night, or if maybe I just forgot how much it made me feel before, but this film for some reason had me bawling like a middle-aged divorcee in the middle of a Downton Abbey marathon. It was ridiculous. (laughs) I had every, like, like every emotion I have blocked out from the time I was like seven till the time I was like 20 hit me all at once. Like everything I never wanted to feel like, like everything that was an affront to my masculinity, all the weeps, all the cries, everything last night, this movie was pulling it all out of me. I mean, it was like, I might as well have been there with a glass of wine and a fucking box of tissues. Just, oh, Baymax, why? You know, by the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was laughing my ass off at a lot of the stuff as well. But like, for some reason, like everything that Suzanne had an issue with, for some reason, seemed to connect with me. And I was like, not his brother. His brother's like his boy, man. He, he, he believed in him. No, not God, his you brother. You think of a horrible person. No, no, not at all. It's just the movie didn't connect with you. And ordinarily with movies like this, when they're playing those heartstrings, I get all punk rock about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, movie. You can't make me cry. I'm not going to feel anything. And this time around, I'm watching this movie and I'm just feeling like every little thing. And Had you one seen of the, this before? Oh, yeah, yeah. This was like okay. the... This is probably the second or third time that I've watched it. I know this might be a surprise to some people out there, but like, I don't actually seek out non-adult uh, entertainment, <laughs> like R-rated films and stuff like that. I usually don't watch kids' movies unless like my wife tricks me into it, you know. But like this one and Wreck It Ralph were like the two that I've recently watched that wrecked me even more watching them now than when I first saw them like years ago, and. You guys are kind of talking about like the shape and the design of Baymax. And that, that makes me actually feel good because that is my body type. That's exactly how I'm set up. I'm like all stomach and stubbly legs. (laughs) (laughs) And like the way he's walking where like he can barely pick up his legs because his his little belly's kind of hanging over top of it. I knew exactly how he felt. But he's like trying to walk and like he's trying to walk around corners. You guys are talking about that. And he's like knocking every book off the shelf with his ass. That's me all the time trying to move around in this world. I'm like a bull in a china shop 24 seven. And like I really connected with Baymax and I'm just like, I'm with you, buddy. But at least you could deflate if you wanted to. 
No, it's a really good fucking movie. And uh, I actually, I really enjoyed watching the, the thing that I really kind of connected with besides my crush on Gogo. I mean, Hey, I, 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 I love, I love a, a nerdy girl who's also aggressive and can drive like a mother man. Her Tokyo drift is out of control in this movie. She's so good behind the wheel, but that's, that's kind of beside the point. But the thing that I really kind of connected with was watching San Francisco drift. Yes. Yeah, San Francisco. Drift. Awesome. <laughs> Good call, Jamie. Uh, but the thing I really connected with this in this movie in particular was watching these students, like these kind of nerdy kids come together and use their skills and their specialties in science to create a way to be able to defeat evil and become superheroes. And I definitely connected with that. This is the Fantastic Four movie that we would get if Disney could get a hold of the property is basically something like this, like a hero team that actually works together and does some really fucking cool stuff and isn't fan for fucking shit. <laughs> so it's great. It's a lot of fun to watch. And if you haven't seen the movie and we've spoiled everything for you, guess what? You're still going to enjoy it unless you're heartless and cruel like Suzanne. <laughs> oh, my God. Jamie, hit it, girl. Yes. Well, admittedly, the first couple times I saw this film, um, I wasn't crazy about it beyond Baymax. Like, I love everything Baymax. And in every scene that he's in, I absolutely love it. I adore everything about him. He makes me laugh hysterically. He makes me cry. I just, if I could just have nothing but him, I would be so happy. But I didn't really care about the the team characters, and by the time, it, like the first couple times I saw the movie, by the time we got to the point where they're doing their training montage and then they actually go into their battle, I, I was, I had, I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm done now, because like <laughs> I liked the beginning of the movie, and then I got bored with the end of it. And this time, though, it didn't. I, I didn't have that problem. Like I sailed right through it and enjoyed all of it. And I don't know what the difference was. Maybe it's. I, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. But what, for whatever reason, I enjoyed it a lot more this time. But I've always, always, always loved Baymax. And just, I I cannot get enough of his little gags, of his little, uh, his personality and his movements and everything. I mean, he, and we've pretty much already brought up just about every scene. But <laughs> he just... I don't know. He's so damned adorable. It just is so stinking cute. And, you know, he just. It's funny because he says numerous times throughout the film, I can't be hurt or I can't be disappointed. Or I can't like whatever, because I'm a robot. You know, he he says that a lot, you know, basically, yeah, you know, I'm a robot. So I, but he can't be affected by things. But I swear to God, he, as the film goes on, like, he gets more personality. I mean, you can tell when he finds out that the brother is gone, he, he's sad about that, you know? Even though he's, like, he still has the same monotone voice, there's something about his delivery or about his, his something he says that... Like he understands that that's a sad thing, and he understands that you know, it's. I don't. I don't know. It's like it, it's almost like he's emotional, and that always touches me. I just. I love that fat little guy. He's so damn cute. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I love it. It's fun. 
and I want one. <laughs> you should just hang out with me. I got the same body type. <laughs> do, do, do you get especially warm to prevent hypothermia, though? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> Plus, uh, I don't think anyone's mentioned James Cromwell yet, and I'm just glad we still have him. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm always happy to see him pop up in anything because... I'm terrified we're going to lose him at some point. I, I had to confess to EG Daily that I openly wept at the end of that movie, Babe, you know, because sometimes all you need, you know, that'll do, Pig. That'll do. And, you know, that's it. You know. <laughs> Beautiful EG Daily. You got to show your emotions sometimes, though, you know. It's, uh, uh, I even like the music, too. I, I, it's, I think it's catchy and fun and, yeah, I don't know, I get all sucked in. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Um, Speaking of emotions, yeah, this movie, I, I noticed some stuff, you know, I've watched this film probably 20 times, but I never really watched it to, to analyze it, I guess, for a show. You, you start to notice stuff like the, the similarities between the psychological profiles between Hero and Dr. Callahan when you find out what Dr. Callahan's motives are. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Hero is just this angry kid who's lost his brother, and he, he knows precisely, you know... Who 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 done this? This guy, this mask, who stole his tech and is is has made something bad out of it. And so the the whole deal was especially where there's the point where he leaves. They they had the big fight at the reactor, and then they 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 leave. He leaves his friends behind to go fix Baymax's scanner. But not only that, but to confesses his his soul to Baymax. And then of course Baymax shows the video of the brother developing him and. That that you know basically you know like 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 Jamie said he's kind of learning as he goes along about what grief is and what this and that is and he's helping him through this but by showing him that his brother's not dead his brother's still very much alive through through Baymax you know so the point where he pulls the chip out and Baymax goes ape shit I'm like I'm, I'm like I'm crying the most of that part I'm like no man that's your brother man come on. Oh man, it, it a lot of feels like Court says, and nothing will make you cry more than my thrusters are not, are, are inoperable because you know Baymax can't go through the portal, and he's sacrificing himself for the boy and the girl, and yeah, but they get real happy at the end because something happens at the end, and like yeah, you get real happy again. Um, I love the characters as well. I have a <clears throat> unrequited love for Honey Lemon. I've had, I think I've had illicit dreams about Honey Lemon because. I think people that do Honey Lemon cosplay know me all too well, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in love with that one. But then again, this one I mentioned last time, but much like uh, the other one, even, even Aunt Cass, you know, are, are you know capable women, you know, who aren't stupid, you know, do, doing stuff and not being belittled by by their their probably very male writers. And I think this film had male writers, and they didn't do that, so. Go Big Hero 6. I, I love you to death for that. Uh, like Brian said, visually, it, it looks great. The colors are all there. The scenery's all there. Um, great action set pieces all over this movie. I think even if you don't like kids' movies, I, I think you, you'll dig Big Hero 6 quite a bit. If you haven't seen it, I think you should check it out. Uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of tears shed, and then I, I stick, stuck around this time for the, the end credits. If you don't know... It includes a man that I dislike, but I, I thought it was hilarious in, in, in this point of the film. I was wondering if you got if you watched that. Yes. 
Because uh, Fred, who, who's my spirit animal and uh, a character I love in this movie, because he just... I, I need to be that dumb guy who has uh, um unlimited supply of money so I can just fuck off, so I can just fuck <laughs> off all day. And then my friend, my dead friend's brother turns me into a fire-breathing dragon. I need that in my life. You know, it's amazing. If you haven't watched to the end, a lot of folks don't watch the end, the, the, the look for the stinger, but uh, Fred's dad shows up after he finds his secret superhero room in the house. And then it's Stan Lee, and he does the voice and everything, and uh, it's really funny because he describes the way Fred wears his underwear is the way he wears his underwear, which is really disgusting, but really hilarious at the same time, because that's what bonds them together, is their disgusting underwear habits, you know? Oh my god. Yeah, I, I love that. I love this movie, and I'm glad that... that most of us like it. I'm not going to belittle Suzanne. There's lots of films that her husband likes that, that I like and she hates. Uh, <laughs> the Postman. Throwing it out there, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> One of these days, Sue. One of these days. Um, yeah, good time had by all. I'm going to kick it to Suzanne. Any final things she'd like to say in what is her rating 1 to 10? No, Baymax is the movie. And I do, I love everything about him. It's just everything else that drives me crazy. And Court, what you said about your wife sneaking movies in because you you like watching, you know, adult movies. My husband does that to me too. Yeah. He sneaks it in. I'm like, oh come on, really? But you should really, you know, you should really I, ask permission first before he sneaks it in. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's problematic. Yeah. But Uh-oh. I just. <laughs> Like I said, my main Uh-oh. issue is I just it, it's so formulaic for me, and I know I'm maybe one of these nights I'm gonna have to, you know, take court's advice, crack a bottle of wine, and grab a box of tissues, and you know, stop being a bitch for a couple hours. I guess. Hey, I didn't say that last part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that because I know I've been I, I've actually been very high on the bitchy scale lately. Hopefully, since it's almost October, that'll start to cool off. Like I said, but yeah, I just like it's, I said, it's it's still a six and a half for me. Cool. I say go watch Zootopia. You'll hate the whole world that it lives in because you know that movie's fucked up. Oh God, Zootopia! I watched Zootopia like four or five times, and that is you you said it. It was like it's casual racism. It's all it is. The whole movie. It's the best black exploitation Disney movie that Disney ever made. Right there, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll go to court next. Um, I can't finish my review unless you're all satisfied with your oh, care. I'm satisfied with my care, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really love this film. I don't know what it was about watching it this time around because the first time I watched it, I just had a blast and it never affected me in that way that made me feel all weepy weepy. I just guess I'm in that special emotional state this week when I watched it. But uh, it's a solid, wonderful, touching film, despite what Suzanne might say about it. So I'm going to give it a straight nine. Cool. Jamie. Oh, boy. I I really do love this movie. Yeah, I think I said everything that I could say. It's a nine. Cool. Brian. Usually when I watch a movie, even if I love it, I'm always thinking, ooh, I would have changed that. Ooh, I would have done that differently. You know what would have been cool? If they would have done this. I can't do that with this film. For me, yeah, I enjoy it from beginning to end, totally and completely. So, uh, I got to give it a ten. Oh, baby Aww. loves puffy robot. I do love puffy robot. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I'm with Brian. La, 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 yes, la. indeed. <laughs> Fist bump. Um, I, I'm giving it a 10 as well. I, I think it's, like, the perfect film for, for me. And um, I wouldn't change anything about it, like Brian said. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns on that 10. And uh, Good man. I'm going to tell folks to watch this shit if they haven't seen it. It's 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 really great. But, um, yeah, that's it for this one. And we'll be coming back right back to close out the show. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore i am in the most sincerest of senses disappointed in you it takes a powerful goddess like connie jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it oh, i'm still tripping out over that even as a kid i was like i gotta find a girl like that every week i, I get a new look of disappointment that i never thought i could get it's out of unimaginable at 12 years old you should not be watching this obviously at 13 you should not be 14 you should be i'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Alright, y'all, we're gonna skip the death segment because folks are tired. They gotta work in the morning, you know, but most of us do anyway. And, uh, (laughs) I'm gonna kick it to why not court and ask him to push his shit. You can find me on Legion Podcast, but I am also a proud member of the Legion Podcast family. Uh, I'm going to push my main show that, uh, well, actually, I'm going to push my secondary show that I don't ever talk about enough, but I absolutely love doing. There's a trifecta of awesome, and we're represented in the most disparaging parts of the globe we possibly could. We're spread out, one in the UK, one dead smack in the middle of the USA, and one in Australia. I'm talking about Obsessive Cinema Discourse. You can find that at Legion Podcast. Dot com, as well as my main flagship series of, well, attracting all sorts of garbage people. So, And just about everybody here except for Brian has guested, so I guess I'm going to have to extend a hearty handshake and say, come on the show whenever you get a chance, bud. And that's Cinema PsyOps. You can find that Cinema PsyOps is uh, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash PsyOps. Now, you said spread it out. I assume you're talking about an anus of some kind, but I'm going to leave that one alone, okay? You know. 
<laughs> Whatever it takes to get him on the show, Gary, you know me. If you know the boss can stretch, I've seen it on, on the camera before, and then, you know. <laughs> he is a very flexible man, and that's why he's my main bromance. Gotcha. <laughs> Brian, what about you, brother? Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and kick it to Jamie. That's what I usually do. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, let's see. Hmm. Well, we've got an ABCs that I'm working on now that will be coming out this weekend. And yeah, right. No, I'm almost done with it. <laughs> I am. Shut up. I work every fucking day. Um, <laughs> but I am almost done with it. Episode S is coming out. Um, and then I have a new episode of Devour that we were supposed to record tomorrow, but that has gotten postponed. So I'm not sure when we're going to be doing that, but that will be coming up sometime soon. I'm always doing every Wednesday the Married with Children podcast drops. And then we had an Evil Episodes come out. It was like last week. Mm, yeah. Earlier this week. That's about right. And we should have another one of those coming up pretty soon. And I guess that's about it. Okay. Yep. Oh, and then of course we'll be recording the Teapot Summer Series the roundtable yes. episode this Sunday. So, which means, you know, how Duncan is, that'll be coming out 45 minutes after we're done because he's <laughs> a fucking madman. Uh, um, I, I think <laughs> Liam and I are going to be the most hated people on that roundtable. I think this was going to happen. It's, it's going to be bloody. I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be bloody, but that's exciting. Oh. And uh, because everyone else is wrong. Oh, Blockley too. Me, um, me, me Blockley and, and Liam are going to be the most hated people on the whole thing, you know. Uh, when people see where uh, Poltergeist ended up on my list, I'll be taking more heat than you will, trust me. I don't know who is responsible for making the list look the way it did when Duncan released the the tally list. Because but... that shit's just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading that. I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> some of that stuff I just don't get, but... Anyway, that'll be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to that. But I highly recommend that everyone listen to the episodes leading up to it and then check out the roundtable. Those are always a good time. If you're not familiar with the podcast Under the Stairs, it's a super fun show. And this is the summer series is always like a highlight to me. I love listening to those and I love being on them. Um, and so, yeah, I always recommend it. If you want to jump into that show, it's an excellent time to do it. Plus, it's a great way to get to meet a lot of different hosts of a lot of different shows. So if you're looking for horror entertainment, uh, new podcasters, that sort of thing, then this is excellent for finding that. Are you done tooting that man's horn now? Because I don't think he needs any more self-vilification. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I just really, I, I, I don't know. I just really love the summer series. It's a lot of fun. This... There are a lot of fun people on there and they, you know, well, the, I think it's worth some tooting. Well, the good, the good news is if his head gets any bigger, then, you know, he'd give more room for piercings and stuff. So, you know, he'd be okay, you know. There you go. <laughs> Don't you know. Uh, Suzanne, what do you think, you know? Oh, yeah, we... Today, uh, Don't Go to Sleep was released for NFW, and that's on Horrorphilia. We did a month of TV terror, so there's some hidden gems in there. And as I said, we recorded... Kiss meets the Phantom last night, so be ready for that one and hearing some very horrible singing 
from all parties involved. Not for me this time around, people. Oh, God, I couldn't stop. I just couldn't. I, I was like, I kept trying to mute my microphone and, well, I kept hitting the wrong button. No, I sang one time because when they started playing the clunky Fat Albert music, I started singing a song from that show. So, yeah, I lie. I sang on that show, too. But it wasn't Kiss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me, this show you're listening to, and the two-drink bit of commentaries can both be found on legionpodcast.com, which I am a, a proud member of as well, as we are, all are. And, um... Sloppy Seconds Movie Sequel Podcast can be found on Horophilia.com with me and whoever else wants to be the co-host for that show. I, I haven't found one of those yet or have been actively looking for one either, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, Fleas and Flicks charity auction, first week of December. I'll keep on saying this until you guys say tell me to shut the fuck up about it, but uh, it's coming soon. I have one more show to go to in November. That doesn't mean I got more stuff. Not coming in, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Should be through a Facebook event page, like it, like it was the very first time, and it wasn't clunky that way, so people could bid easier then. Um, I got a nice collection of stuff, a uh, couple of nice pop vinyls, including one that was is a hemorrhage from uh, the Mad Max episode of Rick and Morty, signed by the Lord Humongous himself. People. He's a mountain of a man, and I, I was uh, I was quite intimidated. I didn't bend over or nothing, but he was a uh, he was a massive fella. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that and a whole lot more fun on, on that page when that happens, going live. I forget the exact date, but it's the first maybe the first Saturday of uh, of December. Um, please support that. All proceeds go to the South Suburban Humane Society, which is a no kill shelter. In uh, t- not so beautiful Chicago Heights, Illinois, but they do good work there. <laughs> Suzanne knows what I'm talking about. But uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but that's it for this one. Uh, next up, I don't know what we're doing next, so I won't mention it here. But always remember this is the podcast. If you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. <laughs> Thank you.